time, a wolf loved a rabbit, a rabbit loved a deer, a wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. Welcome back to the Jaden School Report. I am Sabrina Ray, and my my animal, my inner animal, is probably a dog that thinks it's a rabbit. And with me, my co-host, spreading my eagle wings, Don. Actually, I should just be I should just be a lion, right? I'm a Leo. Yeah, you should probably be a lion, but I'm not. I'm a Virgo. I'd just be a lady. <laughs> you say that with such dismissive finality. Like, that's that's fine. <laughs> it's like Kingdom Hearts. It's like there's so many cool characters within the Disney canon, and you have to be this kid with big shoes. I can never get over it, too, and his weapon is a key, and it's so stupid. A key. I, and I just lost like half our audience. No, I like Kingdom Hearts. I, I'm not very good at them <laughs> and I get bored of them quickly. And I freaking hate Donald Duck because he is a magic user who never uses magic for me. But that's like a meme. So I guess it's funny. But yeah. So I've never played Kingdom Hearts. So I, I can remain carefully above the fray. I mean, it's like they have all these colorful characters throughout their history and they use them, but then they just, they pepper the story with a bunch of like guys in black robes and it's just, it's just very dry. Anyway, um, we are here talking about Beastars, one of my favorite shows. It has come back for season two. This is, we're going to be talking about episode two this week, but before we do that, our brand new segment, which is now called Ask Us Something, Guys. Or Gals. Or Gals. Or not either. Or True. Ask Us Something, whoever you are. If That's you what the segment able, is now called. If you are able to form a question and submit it to us in whatever medium you choose, we will respond to it. As long as it's not like scat or something like that, I I don't want to get bags of crap in the in the mail. Maybe did you what? What happened here? Oh my goodness, so, that's your version of scat, I assume. Yeah, of course that that's what that's what you were referring to, right? No, <laughs> no, um, yeah, so. The first question, I mean, the only question for this week comes from our Twitter. I asked for questions from y'all to our Twitter, Okashina Podcast, O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A Podcast. And you came through. And I forgot the name of the user who is actually... That's... You, you, it would have been better just uh, saying we got this question reading it rather than saying, oh yeah, we had someone, but we don't know who. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to look up the name. This century. Shut up. I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, I found it. Okay. This question comes from Whovian, 
1776. And she writes, her name is Jen. I think I read they were going to do a play based on Beastars. I can't picture how they would have been able to do the characters. Have you seen or heard anything? I'm going to change your question slightly because I have not seen or heard anything. And I can guarantee you, Dawn has not seen or heard anything. (laughs) You are correct. It turns out they are not talking about this down at the diner. (laughs) There's nowhere for me to have picked up on this rumor. But um, Dawn, how would you, uh, what story would you tell? And how would you interpret the characters visually? Like, how would you do it? How would you do how would you present this on a stage, let's say? I think I would do puppets. <laughs> so I like really high quality puppets. I mean that's one way. I think you are still starstruck or still struck by the the opening to season <laughs> one because I know you just love it so much. And, uh, but I would, I actually think that I'd rather put people in, I'd rather dress them up as animals. Um, okay. Well, that's the question then. Do you dress them up as animals like they did in the Lion King on Broadway, where it's like, they suggest animals. Do you go like more cats with it where they, they really look like animals, but I would go cats with it. Yes. Would That's you, what I would do. Or would you go Cats the movie with it, where they have anatomically correct cat body men bodies? Well, they had anuses, but then they were all photoshopped out. Release uh, the anus cut. I mean... <laughs> I don't know much about this world, but I know I want them to release the anus cut. If we can get the Snyder cut, we can get the anus cut. Uh, I did not watch either cats on stage or on in a movie form, but that is the, the aesthetic I would be attempting to, uh, to achieve here. The other option is to have them like, have like a super furry aesthetic, like, like movable mouths and like the whole nine yards, as far as like the animatronic faces and stuff that like go along with what the actor is saying. Yeah, no, I, I don't want that. It sounds cost prohibitive, and I, I really don't think the audience is there for a Beastars live performance. No, but and I don't think, I, I don't know that people would want to see that. From what I've seen of other stage productions of content that used to be, that came from anime or manga, um, what we're looking at is a very scrappy production. Um, lots of, lots of like handmade stuff, sets. Um, costumes that are not cheap looking, but that are, that are economical and um, that, that give you just enough information that you can read them as the right characters. Uh, I do also think it's going to probably look like cats. So, but without the anuses. I mean, I I think a live action production with visible anuses would be a bridge too far, even for our discerning audience. Do you think it would be comedic or dramatic or what would you go with it? I mean, if you're asking 
What about the anuses? Is that comedic or dramatic? I would just have to say tasteless. Yeah, I guess you could read it either way. Like, what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Anuses. I mean, if you're making the anuses so prominent that people are picking up on them in a live action performance, then something is wrong. (laughs) Something is right. All right, all right. Thank you for your question, Huvian. Um, Jen, thank you for your question, Jen. And please keep them coming, folks. Okashina Podcast on Twitter. Every week we're going to be asking for them. This episode is called The Gray Police Hound Runs, which, uh, good good enough title, says what it, it needs to. Uh, it refers to Lagoshi being sort of I don't know what the word is being recruited by a security guard to find Thames murderer. <laughs> it's more, what's the word that for the, when the British would sail around and then pound ships and it's like forced servitude. Um, there's a single word for it there that when <laughs> conscripted, he's been conscripted into uh conscripted. That is a great word into service for <laughs> for the snake and that snake is uh see i mean you want to have a fun role in a live action performance who gets to play the snake that's my question it's a very vampy performance it um, is i don't know how they did it in english but in japanese it's it's a woman i guess but she's it's very it's very drag queen almost <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of androgynous. It's it's a bit androgynous, like, and in the manga, I don't believe they ever give the snake a gender. So that's an interesting choice they made, I think, just from a... I don't know what they were implying, because there's some creepiness there. Like, the snake's been watching Lagoshi, like, and with great interest, <laughs> and has this sort of lustful, yet envious like gaze yeah this this snake is obsessed with lagoshi yeah and not in necessarily a healthy way it seems like the snake has been there quite a while and has probably seen a lot of uh lagoshi like hopefuls ones that like had some of his qualities uh through through its its life i i find so it what I find most disturbing about this character, although there is at least some desire or some effort to explain it, is that for the past six months, this snake has been slinking around and doing, as far as I can tell, absolutely nothing to uh, to solve Tem's murder. It is weird that the snake had didn't didn't like pick up on anything. Uh, they don't really explain how the snake missed this this murder from <laughs> this murder happening under her watch. Uh, the snake's name, by the way, is Rokume in Japanese and Six Eyes in English. Same meaning. <laughs> it refers to the pattern on the snake's scales, which look like eyes. Um. Yeah, the snake is theatrical and. And, and just a weirdo. And it's the school's only security guard. 
I mean, we can't talk about the snake without mentioning the most hilarious part of that scene where um, Lugoshi, in the midst of this huge reveal and this brand new character is just like, hold on a sec, my laundry is ready. I got to get it into the dryer because otherwise it gets smelly. And and that's just what we love about Lugoshi, I think, is that he he has that weird gear shift where... <laughs> very serious very important things will be very happening self-absorbed and he will just go back into his own universe uh, fucking snake <laughs> it, fucking snake it wraps itself it coils itself around the goshi it talks about how sexy his freaking strong ass arms and legs are and how jealous it is because it has none I yeah, which is that's, shocking, actually, right? I mean, that snakes don't have arms and legs. No, I think it's kind of their thing. No, but we haven't seen any other cr- creature that didn't have arms and legs in this universe. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but there aren't. I mean, <laughs> there aren't a lot of creatures. This is also one gargantuan snake. By all accounts, it's the biggest snake ever to exist. Most likely, yes. It almost seems legendary in a way. It does. But that's not the only thing that happened this episode, although it was definitely the the biggest reveal of a new character. Yeah, and it was exciting. Uh, you know what's funny is when I saw the snake originally in the trailer, I thought it looked like Nikki Six from... from uh, oh, what's the name of that band? Uh, pour some sugar on me! Poison? Poison. Is that right? No, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. That's the one. It looked, like, uh, it looked like Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Uh, and obviously, I've gotten over that. <laughs> but the, the episode doesn't even start there. The episode starts with the meeting of the Living Creatures Council. Yes, that's true. And, and it starts with a weird ceremony where like 12 different schools, I'm not sure how many there were. There's Rokuma School, Seika, Marivin, Oribie. Baritsu, Woden, Warden, Mandel, Eaton, Dobal, Paraito, Insaiga, and Cheriton. They all like take a hair from their heads or their bodies or their scales or whatever it is. They take something from themselves and they put it into this like, I don't know what to call it, a, a canister, a vase. Um, at the center of the room and it glows blue. Very normal. <laughs> yeah, super normal. Not a cult at all. <laughs> uh, this is where we find out that there hasn't been a B-star from Cherryton in five years and they are way overdue for electing one. And uh, the, the principal stands up for himself. He's like, no, man, you shouldn't put this kind of pressure on a student. You know, they, they want to live their student lives. Besides, heroes aren't born, they're... Heroes are born, they're not chosen. But they don't they don't accept that. Instead, they're just like, what do they say, Don? They say. Uh, what's their condition? How do they think a B star should be chosen? Oh, well, they they'll choose a B star by whoever finds Tem's killer. <laughs> of course, logical. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense. And, and because I, it's not because uh, Louis, Louis, if we go back to Louis, who having performed his butt off. Uh, on stage and you know everybody's like oh he'll be the next b-star and based on all of his talent instead of just like well whoever can 
solve a mystery at high school aged kids or, you know, whatever it is, how does that make any sense at all? It doesn't. And what's really weird about it is that there's no like, it's never like officially put out there. Like, it's not like it appears in the school paper, like, hey, want to be the B star? Solve the murder. Like, (laughs) how are people even supposed to know that they're supposed to be solving the murder? I would think that students who are ill, uh, you know, like not fully formed as people or animals would be like focused on their student lives and their studying and not trying to solve a like months old murder that they assume the adults are taking care of. It's very weird. It's, it, it's very weird. It does not make a lot of sense. Um, and convenient because <laughs> very convenient. Well, mostly because Lagoshi would not have a chance in Sam Hell of being B star if he had to perform on stage. But if he needs to solve a murder, and now, lo and behold, he's been given a leg up on the whole enterprise by um, by Six Eyes. Yes, he has. He's been chosen too by the security guard to to act as detective and something for this, 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 uh, this thing. I wanted to talk one more thing about Rokume, about six eyes, because at one point when she's completely coiled around the Goshi and basically kind of filled with a lust to crush him. Who <laughs> good flashback to, to uh, you know, Haru being enveloped by uh, Lagoshi, but go on. It's true. In this case, though, Lagoshi kind of fondles her scales, lingers over them delicately. Well, and... he's sort of fascinated by them. Yeah. Um, let's put a pin in that one. <laughs> a pin that we okay. might not even get to this season, but a pin I... nonetheless. I, I, I'm not sure I want to return to that pin. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> is anyone shipping Legoshi and Rokume? Because, ew. <laughs> I mean, you know it's got to be out there. Probably, right? I mean, I don't know if I could fit Rokume all the way up in there. I'm going to tell you. Oh lie. my gosh. Why did we need to go there? I mean, that's a that's a big commitment. Yeah. <laughs> uh. This this show is rated R, by the way. Yeah, I guess so. We did, we were were we rated R last season? I think so. We did talk extensively about rabbit wolf sex. But I mean the the logistics, yeah, right. the logistics. I mean that's what the characters on the show were obsessed with too. Anyway, he ends up sympathizing with her, and and that's when everything goes down that we talked about earlier. And I mean, she recognizes that there's something special about him, that he would sympathize with the snake for not having any limbs. Um, And then there's this whole weird side quest. Like Lagoshi's trying to get information and he's, he's, it's like a, it's a really bad detective show in a lot of ways. (laughs) because it's a detective (laughs) show where it's not just a detective going around trying to solve a crime it's both a detective and like a a scary monster (laughs) it really i mean like whoever hired like the 
six eyes probably needs um what's the right way to phrase this they need their employment contract revisited <laughs> yeah probably right <laughs> i mean six eyes does not seem ideal like what about this gigantic terrifying snake uh screams great security officer for our school <laughs> not only not only does the snake is the snake questionable, but the snake's like avatar choosing Legoshi as her, as her go-to man to infiltrate the student body is also questionable uh, because it would seem like he would have the toughest time moving in herbivore circles in order to get the information he needs. Uh, yeah. In and fact, he does. <laughs> we see that played right out right immediately. He's like, all right, I'll go speak to Tem's friend. And how does that go, Sabrina? It goes poorly. Um, he he leverages his relationship with Else, who we saw him. He kind of got an IOU from her last season. And he cashes in this season. And she provides an introduction to Carl, I believe his name is. He's in the biology room for sheep, which is a... Um, which is a grassy field that they're all just laying in and chewing on. <clears throat> and and it's going fine when Else is like, hey, someone needs to talk to you. Someone needs to ask you some questions. But then Legoshi has to like pop out in front of them all and ask him instead of like pulling him to the side. And like yeah. it's it's a hilarious scene because like it's just a bunch of sheep grazing and chilling and then this wolf appears who's just so such an intimidating presence except for the fact that we know Lagoshi and he always makes himself very small uh like like, like spiritually small <laughs> like physically obviously very large <laughs> uh but he freaks out everybody else and and he can't get his question answered uh, but it turns out that the sheep are being distracted by something, and it's very anime. And I can't remember if it's in the manga, but I'm I'm guessing not. It's it's someone is out there stealing panties, uh, which I've never seen in real life. I'm going to be honest. Never seen a panty raid in real life. Huh? I've never seen a panty raid. I've never heard of like the panty thief. Uh, I have heard of this. Like you've actually heard of like a situation where it happened, like um, like on your campus, or I think it was at a camp, maybe space camp. I don't know. Um, I forgot you went to space camp. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, how about that? I was not very old. Come to think of it, I wish there was a chance for us to talk more about that, but it has nothing to do with B stars at the moment. Let's anyway. not. Let's at not. At the but... moment, no spoilers. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No. So it's it's not it's not to me it's not a that wasn't as big of a issue, but it was sort of weird. Like it it's supposed to, I guess, start to develop Lagoshi's uh, detective rep. Because yes. here he solved a problem, you know, almost offhandedly. He did. And I mean, his nose is probably the real detective, but he he's trying to question runners who were around at night who might have seen something the night that Tem was murdered. And 
I I got confused because I thought he was trying to trace this like wolfy looking character, but then he turned out to be a kangaroo. Like and one that looked a little older than Lagoshi for some reason. He didn't look yeah, he didn't look like a student at all. I was kinda like, who's this old man who's uh and I, I'm almost guaranteeing that the kangaroo is not in the manga, and I think they put it in the anime. I think they added this character and this plot line to the anime because they not only needed to show Lagoshi's credibility so they, they, they could show that he could get answers from herbivores, but also um, it's just a very dry first two episodes as far as the action goes. After ramping up last season with the with the huge showdown with the with the lions, this season has a, this season has a very slow start. It doesn't stay that way, but in these first two episodes, I mean, if you were going by what happens in the books and if you were going by what the story dictates, there's there's not a lot that happens. So they added in this like kangaroo that suddenly punches at Lagoshi, so they get like a little bit of action there. And that's all I think it is really. Uh, it also had that same kind of like matter of factness that he displayed when he was talking about the laundry machine or really that he displays in all of his scenes. He's just a very straight shooting character, even though his tail goes slightly to the side. Uh, that was a reference to a different joke, wasn't it? It was a reference to a different joke. I don't think it landed, though. Well, were you expecting me to guffaw? No, I think that would have been a mistake. Anyway, this is how he gets Tem's diary, and he finds out that Tem was hanging out with a man-eater. That's all we know so far about the mystery. But there's another plot this season, and it has nothing to do with any of that, mostly. Mostly. You were doing so well until you said the word mostly. I said mostly because Louis and Lagoshi have still to deal with their thing. Like, they're still going to be part of each other's story. Yeah, I'm... (sighs) But this is Louis' story now. And it explains where he's he's been and what he's going to be doing. And it's crazy. It's a crazy, fun development. I think this is probably the most fun, interesting development in the show, right, currently. Um, Louis is probably my favorite character at this point. And his his story does not let me down. It, it's just a tease. This is just a tease, basically, right, Don? I presume. <laughs> I, I mean, this is this is just they don't give you a whole lot of information yet. No, I I mean, I just don't I don't know much about where it's going. What we get is the Shishigumi, the Lion Gang, is shaking down a turtle. And they're trying to upsell protection, or they're trying to sell protection. So, uh, and but, I was confused about this turtle. Like, this is a weird scene because they're coming back. Like, they should have, they've already been here before, right? Like, you don't, how often do you come back and be like, yeah, you didn't accept our protection before, but we're back. <laughs> like, you were pretty bad the first time around if you have to return. I don't know. I don't know. But they have a new they have a new strategy and maybe that's part of it. Maybe they think that this new version of the Shishigumi has some more staying power. More staying power, yeah. 
So, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, no, I was going to say this is. I mean, I you could you might be able to guess this uh, when their leader walks in, uh, and maybe this. So uh, the thing I'm very curious about is this: the path of darkness that our big reveal, Louis, the new leader of the Shishigumi. Uh, is this the path of darkness that he's referring to? Maybe, because if you think, I mean, there's more to come, but if you think about it, just based on what we see here, um, he's at, he lives, he works in the Uraichi, the behind, the underbelly. Um, and he's not on the stage in the light. He's not at school. He's not. He's not above society anymore. He's in the, the, the underside of society. And he's operating as the boss of the, the new boss of the lions, which is, like I said, it's such a fun reveal, such a fun development to happen I'm, because he I'm, is yeah. their food. <laughs> and it's very curious as to how, how is this supposed to work and why are they kowtowing to him and, does he have that sort of force of character that he is now commanding a bunch of lions? Like it upsets the natural order of everything. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What do you think about it? This is this is all new to you. So, I am I'm abs- I'm willing to go along with it. I there, there's a I just want to understand. Like it's not only just this. In like the next scene, he blows the brains out of one of the lions. Like he's violent and uh, and I can't tell if he's evil or not because I can't tell. Are we supposed to sympathize with the lions because they do appear to be terrified of him and they appear to be terrified of him for good reason. Um, on the other hand, somebody who goes around killing indiscriminately is not a good character. Um, and I was somewhat I have not been a Louis booster in the past. I've kind of disliked Louis for various reasons, the way he treated Haru. Um, some other things he he did have a sympathetic backstory development um, in season one, but I just can't tell. Like, are we are we supposed to be seeing a downward spiral for him from which he will redeem himself, or what the heck is going on? Is he be gonna is he gonna become the evil, um, you know, the evil that men do? Although it's not men here. Uh, it, it, for was, it was confusing. It was confusing, but I think you made a mistake. That was a flashback to him killing the boss, just to sort of remind the audience. No, it was. It was. There is a flashback to him killing the boss, but there's he leaves. It's from this turtle episode. He they go in there, they try to convince the turtle, they reveal him, and then on their walking out, one of the lions like looks at him askance, and Louis says like, "Were you thinking about eating me or something?" Um, the guy's like, no, I wasn't. And then Louis shoots him. All right, I'm going to have to look at it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. I know I know where, at what point you think he, he shoots the guy. I also love the fact that he has gangster music and that he's in a deer and meat butcher shop. <laughs> That's true. Louis is still so cute. Okay, so his underling talks about devouring him at some point, right? Yeah, I think it's in the car. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the end here. Hey, free! 
You would have looked that you saw something delicious. No. He pulls a gun and he shoots. And then it flashes back to him over the dead boss. Okay. You are okay. right about that. So what what you've mistaken is that he doesn't actually kill Free there because Free is going to be a character for some time. Okay. Well, but that's not clear here because that just takes us to the end of the episode. The implication is that he's shot him. Was Free driving, though? Because then that would make it very difficult for him to sit nonchalantly in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was driving because he's on the the right side. Yeah. Anyway, um, good points. Good points. Uh, excited. Excited. And we get the ending song now. The ending song is also by the band Yoasobi. And, well, to discuss it further would be a spoiler, because suffice to say, it also tells a story of the season, but in this case, it tells Louis' story. Uh, it's a nice ballad. I like the blues that they used in the, in the visuals. And it will make you cry, I guess. <laughs> um, Who has the more tragic story? Oh, my gosh. Their tragedies dovetail, I tell you. It's... It's quite, it's quite, it's quite a story this season. I'm so excited to talk more. Next week we'll talk about episode three, but for now I'm going to bid you all good night. Thank you for joining us on the Chariton School Report of V-Stars podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, you can reach us through Twitter. Send us your questions of the week. It's Okashina Podcast. That's O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A Podcast. Um, and you can find out more information there. Come get some of our merch. Yeah, we've got a, a Discord as well at the Orange Groves. Yep. Come visit us. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Okashiku? Ikoyo! Feast off! <laughs> I'll never not laugh at that. Oh, it's so dumb. Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe. I watch it for a podcast that we do. What? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month at best. Did, did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real-life politics and events. I, I must have forgotten. What, where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast?